You are listening to a message recorded at Living Hope Church in Southwick, Massachusetts. We hope you find encouragement through God's Word today. We're blessed to have with us a good friend and mentor, a person who loves God, is led by His Spirit, and he just has such a tremendous heart to him. He is so easy to talk to, and if you meet him right off the bat, you like instantly are drawn to him. You become his friend because he just has that just wonderful heart. He has the heart of a father. Uh, he's a pastor of New Hope Assembly of God in Saugus, Massachusetts, and he is our speaker to, for today. So you welcome Pastor Wayne Shirk as he brings the word. Well, good morning, family of God. It is so good to be back. Did this hope it grow? Holy cow. Excuse me as I get adapted here. I'm used to, mm. by the way, this place looks awesome. Give yourselves a big hand clap. I love it. I was following you guys on your journey for carpet and your journey for everything here. The place looks incredible. But greater still, the body of Christ here looks incredible. Oh, what God is doing. So happy Father's Day, men of God. We just bless you in the name of the Lord. And to Pastor Dan and Stephanie, thank you again for this wonderful offer and just for being here. I love coming back. It's 14 years now. And it was 14 years ago that the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm going to send you on the road. At that time, I was at the hotel in Westfield, and the Lord spoke that to me, and it has happened, and it's happening still. And I thank God for that. But this was the starting place where God just opened new doors on a new season. Well, this morning, this is not just for the men, this is for all of us. But I'm going to do something I've never done here before, and I'm going to ask you some questions. It's questions to ponder, questions to think about, and just see where you are as an individual. Are there areas in your life and in your family structure that are struggles that seem really overwhelming to conquer on your own. Just think about that. Every one of us is very busy with commitments and everything we need to do. Where do you see your priorities today? What are they? Do you put God first? Now, before you say, of course, I'm in church. That's not what I asked you. That's the good Sunday school term, good Sunday school. But do you truly put God first Monday through Sunday, Sunday through Saturday? And do you put your family first next to God? Your thoughts, your memories, your yesterdays, your past experiences, all of that stuff, are you allowing them to dictate your joy? Are you allowing them to dictate your peace? Now I'm coming in, I'm going to step in your toes. Are you allowing all that stuff to still dictate your attitude? Just say ouch and get it over with. All right? Does it, thank you. Does it dictate your focus? But here you go. Does it dictate your courage and your confidence in who you are? 
I really want you to take a look at yourselves today because I know the word that God dropped in my heart is about to transform you from the inside out. Say process. Anybody like process? I hate it. All right? You go out into the hallway, God closes that door until you get to the new open door. There's hell in the hallway all the time. Okay? Can I say that? Well, yeah, pretty deep. Turn to Philippians chapter 3, looking at verses 10 to 14. Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 to 14, it says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. We love that, we want that, we shout that, but look at the next part. And the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I've already attained it, I'm already perfected. Here we go, church. But I press on. Somebody shout, I'm pressing on. That I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. We're going to land on 13 today. Now, I already know you have it memorized. I already know. You might have it on your wall. I already know you've heard 3,229 sermons just this year alone on this verse. But God gave me a challenge to bring to this pulpit today. You ready? Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Look at it again. I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. If you have your own Bible or your own app, would you highlight that, please? Underline it, please. Because this is a key for you and I, I believe, in going strong in who we're called to be. Reaching forward to those things which are ahead. So I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I am amazed within the body of Christ, within the church world, not just here in America, but around the world, I find so many believers living in deep regret. They're regretting of choices that they have made in their life. They're regretting commitments they made to themselves that they did not keep. They are regretting promises they made to others that they left unfulfilled. Goals that they did not attain. Many are disappointed in themselves for the lack that they see and the lack of even spiritual progress. Rather than living in regret about what you think you didn't do, I'm here to encourage you and tell you, let's take some time this week, and let's spend some quality time with Jesus. Repent where you need to repent. Repent for things that you should have done. Ask for forgiveness, it's there, but forgive yourself and move on. Tell your neighbor it's time to move on. So now I know this doesn't happen in this sanctuary to those that are here, so I'll talk to those that are watching. 
Stop wallowing in regret. It's in the past. You can't change the history, but you can change your future. Stop wallowing about something you cannot do anything about now to change. Shake it off. Shake off that negative focus of what you didn't do right in your past and begin to thank God for today. For today offers a brand new opportunity that you can do better. You can press forward. You can move on. But as long as you're looking back, you're not moving forward. I don't think any one of us here drove to church and driving backwards. If you did, I'm not driving with you. All right? But many of us do that in life. Today, there's a golden opportunity to make some serious changes in your life. I love Philippians chapter 3. I love verse 10. That was my, my verse growing up as a teenager from church camp. Loved it. But then as life began to go crazy and I began to get into my 20s, I realized 13 was more important at times because I would get stuck. I know you've never been stuck, but I've been stuck sometimes. Why, God, why? Anybody ever ask that question? He said, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended it, but one thing I do forgetting those things that are behind. Forgetting. Forgetting in the Greek is a compound word. And here for forgetting, it literally translates into something that I find totally amazing and it brings freedom to my soul. So the version, the King James Version, forgetting. The first part of this Greek compound word is epi, which denotes a turning. Stay with me now. I'm going to teach more than preach because I believe I'm going to about to give you a foundation and a new focus that when you go home today, you're going to have the best Father's Day you've ever had. You're going to have an incredible family time and you're going to have a week like no other. But somebody say, Lord, I receive that. So forgetting in the Greek is turning. It's turning your focus here and turning to something else. That's what it's literally saying. The second pound, the second part of, of this here in the compound word, it is something that is finished, something that is done, something that's obsolete because it's in your history. But why is it I'm still chained to my past? Why is it I'm still chained to some decisions I made a long time ago? Why is the leash long but all of a sudden it brings me back? That's what we're looking at today because here's it's forgetting to something that's already been over with for a, a while. It's there that you need to turn away from it, forget about it. And so here's that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. He'll give you the power to do that. The fellowship of his sufferings, listen, those sufferings that come into our lives should build us up to make us better, not make us bitter and grumpy. When you get baptized, you got baptized in water, not lemon juice. I ain't looking at nobody because I'll be in trouble, all right? Now, we know none of us are perfected yet. Maybe some of you are close. I know I'm not. I'm a piece of work. 
but at the same time, I'm a masterpiece. That was my sermon last week for my church. All right, I told them, you're all a piece of work. See, a masterpiece takes a long time to, to get it right. God's just working in your life. Well, why is this happening? Why is that happening? Just let it grow you. In the areas that you messed up, those areas that you knew that you should have done this and you did that, oh, all of a sudden I got heads nodding now. Okay, all right. Guess what? You've learned, hopefully. You've grown through it, hopefully. But you've got to forget those things that are behind. You've got to reach forward. It's literally a picture here of putting things aside. Now, okay, this can, I'm coming off the altar. I want to paint this picture. How many here growing up pretended you deliberately did not act like you were hearing when your mother called? <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. All right? It's confession, family. <laughs> Sir, remember those times that mom and dad called and you didn't hear them? Very vividly. See, we all have a gift in that. Husbands, we do it to our wives. Yeah, I didn't ask for no wife response. All right? But this is deliberately, I love this. You're ignoring it. Just ignore yesterday. You have a, you're, just, you're disregarding it on purpose. Completely forgetting about it. What does that take? Stop dwelling on it. Stop dwelling on your failures. Stop dwelling on what you did or should have done. Stop dwelling. Turn your focus. Turn your focus to what you know you, you need to do. So let me just, I'm going to really spell this out. I, it's forgetting those things are behind. Literally means to wipe it out and erase it from your memory. Get it out of your system. Quit paying attention to it. Get your eyes off of it. All right? And forget about it. That's what Paul's saying. Because as long as we're looking back in regret, we'll never move forward in power. And you'll never have the courage and the confidence to live the life that God has blessed you, designed you, and told you you can live. So the word behind describes something so obsolete that it should be permanently relegated to the back or to the past. Are you ready? To even abandon it. Mm. Just think where you'd be if you did all that already five years ago, ten years ago. Who would you be today? Isn't it amazing? Okay, I'm just going to pick on me. But isn't it amazing how you can hear the voices from the past go dictate or call you? I'm in my 60s, and I'm finding that if I do something stupid, which is rare, but it happens, I will call myself the names my mom called me growing up. 
all right? But then I hear my staff or my daughter or my spiritual daughter start yelling at me. Stop saying that. Cut that. Change your focus. Isn't it amazing that, oh, Lord, we do become the things we hated in our parents. That's not always healthy. For me, it's not always healthy. I think it's the same for you. So we got to be deliberate. We got to be intentional. We got to be purposeful to make sure we cut those ties. Leave it behind, never revisit it. Now, that word behind, when I said leave it behind, is the same word Jesus used in Matthew 16, 23. So you, I just want to take you to Matthew 16, 23. This is when Peter tried to interfere with the plan of God. And after listening to Peter protest about Jesus predicting his death, Jesus looked at Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Now, Peter wasn't Satan. It was the enemy. It was the devil speaking through him. And you know what? Today, the enemy still does the same thing. How many times does he speak through other people around you to trigger you? So don't get mad at the person. Get mad at the spirit behind that. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. So with these words, Jesus spoke with firmness. He rebuked that devil-inspired, the wording of it and the idea of saying, get behind me. You're not stopping me. Just maybe. When you hear some of those voices, just maybe it's just the enemy trying to harass you and pull you back to what you've been set free from. Pull you back that you would lose your peace that you just gained. That mindset of victory that you just overcame this, that, and the other thing. And so what's he going to do? The enemy is going to come back to hassle you. He's going to come back to harass you. He's going to come back to torment you about your past failures. So it might not just be my memory, but it could be the enemy trying to pull me back and stop me from a better future. Are you with me? So isn't it interesting that the word behind here for Jesus is the same behind Paul uses? Forgetting those things that are behind. Maybe it's time for you and I to begin to speak the name of Jesus more boldly. And when those voices of destruction, those voices of negativity, those triggers become so alive, you've got to verbally say, in the name of Jesus. I am in Christ. I am a new creation. The old has passed away. Now, I know this is, I know this is basic faith 101. Do you know what I'm finding out? People are stuck. And they don't even know they're stuck. And I said, Lord, this is so powerful, but why don't we walk in it? And it's because we've allowed our yesterdays to still dictate who I think I am instead of who he says I am. I want to challenge you to go on a journey to find out who you are in Christ. Because everybody's telling me who my identity should be. 
I have kids in my church who are told at 10 years old that they're transgender in school from their counselor and their teacher. This is your identity. And the end thing now, that's not who we are in Christ. Who are we in Christ? Who are you in Christ? Those thoughts will always come to drag you down because if he can get you to think on it, I promise you, you're going to start feeling disappointed in yourself. Depression will try to move in and you'll live a life of defeat, not a victorious overcoming life that he died on the cross for. Could it be that we are still weak Christians because we're still tied? Because we didn't forget those things that are behind We think we're pressing forward, but yet we're allowing those things to still dominate our minds and sometimes even our reactions. Resist the thoughts of failure. Command them to get behind you and stay away. Make a decision today that you are finished with your yesterday and you're going to fix your mind. You're going to renew your mind and you're going to allow the word of God to bring life and health to your very bones. You have the right to turn away from your yesterday so you can start focusing on what is in front of you for a greater tomorrow. Tell your neighbor, yesterday's a done deal. You can't turn that clock back and change anything, but you can go forward. Living in regret only keeps us from moving forward. Great illustration, nothing personal. Tell you my stuff, all right? Maybe you promised yourself you were going to lose weight. Tell me about it, all right? And now you're upset because you started to, but now you gained it back, plus you found some extra cousins to come along with those pounds, all right? Today's a new day, so pick it up. And start today. You've all been thinking about promises you made to yourself that you've broken. It's time to say goodbye to those failed commitments, those personal disappointments in your past. Leave all those things behind you. Say hello to something greater that God says is available for you. It is literally a golden moment. So I'm going to give you my translation of Philippians 3. 13. It's time for you to turn loose on turn loose of the past. Put it aside, deliberately ignoring and purposely disregarding what happened yesterday. The past is old, it's obsolete, so I fixate on it anymore. Stop turning around to reflect on the past. You need to get it out of your system, put it behind you forever, and purposefully forget about it. You've repented for past failures time and time again. But it's time to turn around, loose them, and let them go. Jesus has forgiven you. Have you forgiven you? Quit looking backwards. Put the past behind and determine not to revisit it. Thank God for his forgiveness. Thank God for repentance and cleansing and forgiving us. But now it's time to thank God for what he has for 
It's time to thank God. Even, Lord, I thank you you're giving me the strength to push forward. I thank you you're giving me the strength to overcome this very thing that came in my life. Out of nowhere, Lord, I thank you that I'm going to embrace what's happening in my life and I'm going to believe you for a miracle. Last July, my whole body began to do weird things and I had pain, I had discomfort that on my August vacation with my family, I was in so much pain, I could not move. And I said, I was on with the doctor, calling the doctor, had doctor's appointments. We were thinking it was one thing when it wasn't. Long story short, came home from vacation, went back to the doctor. He said, I think you have some type of infection. Let me give you this medicine. So he gave me this medicine, which absolutely did nothing. And I got up at midnight, and when I got up at midnight, I was really hot, and I had a high fever. And I said, what is going on? So I went down to get more of the medicine he gave me, took some Tylenol, and I don't remember anything else. Because what happened, I found out later, I totally blacked out in my house. Somehow I found myself back in bed. I had to change the sheets because everything was soaking wet. Now, this is on a Sunday morning. I wake up at 6 o'clock, not feeling great, but saying, I got to go preach. I went downstairs in my kitchen, and my kitchen was tore up. There was capsules all over the place. There was clothes all over the place. I looked like somebody came in and ransacked my house. I said, Lord, what's going on? But I got myself ready. I, I prayed, got myself ready to preach preached that day. We had our church picnic that day. And at four o'clock in the afternoon, I'm home and I'm just thinking, what happened last night? It was like, this is crazy. And I got this feeling that I woke up with at midnight and I called one of my associates. I said, take me to the hospital. They took me to the hospital. My temperature was 106. My blood pressure was off the chart that I was about to have a stroke. They put me in, and in 10 minutes, they put me on IV, and they said, you are literally 15 minutes from death. After x-rays, after all that thing, we found out that I had three holes in my intestines that went onto my bladder, and in my bladder turned into E. coli. I had septus. It went through my blood system. It wasn't. And I heard the Holy Spirit said, be at peace. Yeah, I'm at peace. Never been in a hospital in my life. Never, I don't like needles. And I ended up in the hospital for 10 days, three months on antibiotics until the infection left in order for them to do surgery. My surgery that was supposed to be two hours ended at seven and a half. The doctor was so exhausted after my surgery, she called my cell phone to tell me that I was okay instead of my family. But you see, during the process, I would call people, your pastor was praying, and he would send me prayers, he would send me scripture. I would call other people, and they would do the same thing, and there was a prophet that came through our ministry, and he prophesied that this is not unto death, that God would turn it around, that I would have a whole new breath, I would have a whole new everything. I'm here to tell you, God promised me this. 
I will rebuke the devourer on your behalf, son, because you tithe. I will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that won't make sense. One month ago, I saw my doctor, and he, I saw him, and he had tears in his eyes. He said, we didn't think we'd ever see you again. And I went, you saw me three weeks after the surgery. He goes, we weren't guaranteed you were going to live. He said, we have it in the records. What am I telling you? There are some things in life that just happen. I didn't blame God. I thank God for the process. I began to take a look, and I said, okay, Lord, I'm pressing through this. I'm pressing through this. I had to throw open my arms of faith. I had to embrace what was in front of me, even though it was so painful. It was disgusting. It was unbelievable. But in that process, my faith began to grow. In that process, I saw people coming together to pray. In that process, I'm a different person today. I have a new lease on life because of the process of pushing through. Because I had some nurses and doctors says we've never seen anybody press through this stuff. Everybody dies. I went, I ain't everybody. <laughs> I'm a somebody. And my father's God. I want to encourage all of you today. Whatever you do, keep pressing through. Don't allow situations, circumstances, don't allow health issues stop you from becoming all God called you to be. God challenged me this year to call my church to reopen the altars of your house. I'm asking this house, build an altar in your home. An altar where you can pray to meet Jesus, but also a place where you can pray with your family. Well, it's just me. Great. Get on the phone, FaceTime somebody, and pray with them. Reopen the altars. When trouble comes, you can give up and let it destroy you and destroy your faith. You can become angry. You can become bitter instead of getting better. Your choice is that you can believe that this situation is going to take me under and I'm going out. Or you can believe God's going to use this in my life and I'm going to be a greater overcomer and conqueror than I ever was before. It was my choice. It's your choice. Becoming stable is your choice. For you to choose to be stable has nothing to do with your spouse, your children, your pastor, or any other deacon in the house. That's you. Choose to be stable. Choose not to allow people's opinions matter to your destiny. Let them encourage you. Let them affirm that. People won't always understand, but they'll give you good intentions. You know, I loved it. I had some people call, oh, pastor, oh, my uncle had, he died in two weeks. Thank you for sharing that. You know what I wanted to say? Shut up. All right? Now, I know you would never say that, nor think it. I, I, I get it. But I need help. I'm a working in process. I want to encourage you this morning.
You can't do anything about your yesterday, but you can focus on today to press through for tomorrow and believe God for something greater. You know why? We're called to be anchored in Him. Anchored in Him, which makes me stable. You live, move, and breathe in Christ. This Father's Day, create a family altar. Fight for yourself and fight for your family. Nehemiah chapter 4, 13, 14, and then verse 20. Therefore, I position men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings. I set people according to their families with their swords and their spears and their bows. I said to the nobles, the leaders, the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember, living hope, remember, the Lord is great and awesome. Fight for your brothers. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your houses. And whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet rally to us there, our God will fight for us. Say that with me. Our God will fight for us. So as I'm saying, okay, Lord, how do I close this up? So I have wonderful news. There will always be temptation in your life. There will always be setbacks to take you out. There will always be challenges. There literally will always be distractions. There will always be somebody fighting around you. There will always be somebody's marriage crumbling, some teenager in rebellion, some adult in rebellion, for pity's sake. All right? We hear so much about our world is spiraling out of control. We are told that there's nothing that we can do to restore that which we had. It's gone. But wait a minute. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Many believers, and this is sad, many believe our defenses are weak against the wiles of the enemy. No, they're not. Know the word. Know who you are in Christ. Stand and be still and know that he is God. Watch him fight for you. Our Bible tells us our God will fight for us. Create a family altar. Fight for your family. Build a wall of prayer around your home, around your sons, your daughters, your grandkids, your nieces, nephews, your extended family. Build a wall of prayer around your church, around your pastor, around the leadership. Build a wall of prayer around your neighbors. They don't believe. That's why you got to build a wall of prayer. I'm, I'm here to tell you, I see a lot of good coming out of the crazy years that we've been through with this pandemic. I got to know my neighbors. I got a chance to pray for my neighbors, and they're not even believers. I've seen a difference of relationships growing. Nehemiah remembered how the wall around Jerusalem was a proud fortress. It was the principal line of defense from attacking enemies. But when he went to the wall, he encounters was altogether different of what he remembered. 
the walls were torn down. They needed repair. But he had a tug on his heart. And God said, rebuild the walls. Hear the word of the Lord. It's time for you to rebuild the walls. With God enabling Nehemiah to rebuild, he will do the same for you. It's so important to rebuild those things around us. When he was rebuilding the wall, he was also rebuilding people's lives, their spirituality, their renewing of their faith. And just like Nehemiah rebuilt the wall, you can also rebuild the walls of your life and those around you. Because no matter what the enemy has done to your family, done to you, done to your home, with God's help, you can rebuild a fortress where the enemy cannot penetrate. Learn to live in that secret place of the Most High. He is your refuge and your fort, your fortress. Make a commitment that will be stronger today than it was last Sunday to the Lord, to your Heavenly Father. Men and women of God, be committed to your marriage. Nobody told me how much work marriage is, but I found out the day after I said I do. It's work, but it's worth it. Rebuild and be committed to your children. You said it. Listen, a father leads and shows how to do it, not just lectures. Become the best dad. And if you don't have kids, there are many out there who need a dad. They need a father. They need, they need more than a coach to tell them how to hit better, throw better, run stronger. They need somebody to show them how to pattern their life and how to run this race in life. Not by chance, but by purposeful intention. Remember, no weapon formed against you will prosper. You have the promises of God that he would not only build your home, he'll fight for you. Be aware that there will always be dangerous distractions that will try to take you out, take out your family at critical times. There is no better time than now to make an altar of prayer. I'm sure some of you already have it. Maybe you had it a few months ago, a few years ago, but life happened. Bring it back. Reconstruct and rebuild the relationships around you. Rebuild your relationship with him. Make it stronger than ever. God will help you then to rebuild those relationships. Where are your choices? Where are your footprints leading you? Where is it leading your family? Don't give up the fight. Continue rebuilding your lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to fight your battle. See, it doesn't matter what happens. We're sin abounds. God's grace much more abounds. I chose a long time ago. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't have all the answers, but He does. And He said He would fight for me. He would fight for my family. He would fight on my behalf. So this is what I know. I count it not to myself to have apprehended, but one thing I am doing, forgetting those things which are behind. 
I am reaching forth to those things that are before me. Success does not come without sustained commitment. Now let me say that again. Prod your neighbor. Say, you got to hear this one. Success does not come without sustained commitment. We achieve, we accomplish through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. The last part of verse 13 of Philippians 3 is simply this. You need to keep your eyes on the goal before you, straining with every ounce of your being to reach that goal. Even if your success demands that you push harder than you've ever pushed before, this prize will go only to those who push the hardest. So run with determination. Run with confidence. Keep your eyes on Jesus, for he is the author and the finisher of your faith. Would you stand with me? Right where you're standing, right there, make that your altar right now. And would you ask the Lord and ask the precious Holy Spirit, show me those areas that I need to confess, those areas I need to give to you. What are those areas that I got distracted on? What are those areas that I'm living in disappointment? What are those areas that are trying to wipe you and your household out? And now just lay them on the altar. Just give it to the Lord. Father, I thank you for your promise. I thank you for your word. For your word is greater than any situation. Your word is greater than anybody's opinion, anybody's comment. Your word is greater than my past and their past. So, Father, today, help us to be purposeful and deliberate. Forgetting those things that are behind and pushing forward for all that you have ahead of us. Thank you for the blood that cleanses us. Thank you for your blood that forgives us. Thank you for your blood that strengthens us. And Lord, I thank you that your grace has saved us, but it also keeps us, but your grace empowers us to move forward that we can become all that you've called us to be. I ask you to bless this church family, those online and those in this sanctuary. Father, I ask you that you would bless them, keep them, let your face continually shine upon them, bless them with your favor. May it surround them as a shield. And Father, those areas, Father, of struggle, I pray today you would give them the courage to step out of that and to give it to you and say, I'll do whatever I need to do to change it. For those that are going through an encounter and an experience of life that's frustrating, that is hard, Lord, it may be a relationship, it may be a, a health issue, whatever it may be, release your grace and your peace right now, Father. Lord, we just don't want to squeak through, we want to run through and triumph victory. So release the spirit of faith, release your spirit of victory upon all flesh in this house, on the children of the house, right up to the super saint of the house. And Lord, we'll give you all the glory and the honor. We give you thanks in Jesus' precious name. And we all said, amen and amen. Give God some praise for who he is in your life. 
Thank you for listening. We invite you to join us Sunday mornings to worship with us. We are located at 267 College Highway in Southwick, Massachusetts. For more information about Living Hope Church, visit us online at www.livinghopechurchag.org.